out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing, there is a field, I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone, today I speak to my friend Roland. I've been waiting to corner Roland for an interview for a long, long time, but only got around to it now. Whenever I hear Roland speak about spirituality, he always sounds so sure of himself. He speaks with such confidence and authority that I always wondered where this comes from and how he achieved it. He also has an incredible serene air around him. I definitely want what he has, so let's hear how he got it and how we can get it. I need to figure out a way to get better sound via Skype. I again apologize for the sound quality. I'm running some tests on Sunday and hope to get the sound quality sorted out. Thanks for enduring it and for your patience. This podcast is supported by the first layer, the 12-step workbook on working through the 12 steps in any addiction in 21 sessions. There's also a 24-day step coaching and counseling program available based on the first layer. For more information in this regard, go to www.freddy.org.za and click through from the notices at the right of the homepage. Please also look out for information on my new book, Life for Non, a 12-step guide to life for non-addicts. You can find it by following the link from the right of my homepage. It costs 300 Rand without postage. Order from me directly or on any of my social media platforms. This is Roland's story. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Roland, welcome to Meet Me in the Field. How are you doing? Really, I'm, I'm really well today. It's great that it's a Friday and the sun is shining. And it's, and it's lunchtime and it's, you know, soon it will be four o'clock and we can go home for a lovely weekend. Where's your offices? My offices are in Deep River. Um, we used to be in Westlake. But we moved to a little place in Deep River now. Okay. But you, but you live close to the sea. So I, I thought you would, you would work somewhere close to the sea on a Friday afternoon, lunchtime, close office, and go for a surf because you do surf, don't you? Yes, Freddie. Um, I live in Komaki. Um, so yeah, it's it's very nice there, and I would love to work from home, but I wouldn't do any work if I worked anywhere near Komaki. I'd end up in the water most of the day um, and even even find it better that the office is on this side of the mountain because if you have to drive to town or if I've got to go anywhere it's much quicker to do it from over the mountain than to have to go over the mountain again so yeah, it's unfortunate but I then I get the weekends at home at the sea and also the afternoons in summer so yeah and today is a beautiful day, so hopefully there, there will be some waves for you to enjoy at four o'clock. So listen, are you Cape Town based? Oh, oh, sorry, are you Cape Town born and bred? Or where, where are you guys from? I am born and bred in Cape Town. Okay. Uh, my parents lived in Meadowridge and they're still there actually. My dad's 87 and my mom 85. Oh my word. I went to Weinberg School. Wow. There's not a lot of 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 of, of uh, you pure-bred Capetonians in Cape Town. You've some, you've somehow all ended up somewhere else, taken over by Gauteng people. <laughs> through the whole of Cape. Strange thing is, most of my friends are born and bred Capetonians, but I mean, I think that's just a natural thing. Yeah. 
Oh, that, that's a clicky thing that, that Gauteners complain about when they come to Cape Town. You, you, all, you all form a little engineer circle and don't allow strangers in. <laughs> well, that's not true. I think we're just very comfortable with each other. Well, my argument when I came to Cape Town was that you all, Cape Townians, have this circle of friends. So why would they kind of suddenly feel to take pity on the stranger arriving? It was my responsibility arriving in a strange city to go out and make friends. And that's exactly what I did. For once in my life when somebody said, oh, we'll have to meet for coffee. I said, okay. And I got the number and I made the date to, to, to go for coffee. So I, I reached out and I've actually got into circles of friends very, very quickly. So um, I, I think it's yeah, a, it's a pretty it's your um, nature. I mean, when I did meet you, I could have sworn you were a Catonian. Oh my God! <laughs> so, did you grow up religiously? Did I grow up religiously? Yeah. From a religious background. Um, yeah. I, I, my family went to church every Sunday. We went to the Anglican Church in Burnfleet, and um, my parents forced me to go to church every ah. Sunday. Uh, there was no option. You had to go, and I had to attend Sunday school, and then after that I had to do the confirmation classes, I think it was, till one to 16 and then you get confirmed and then I never went back to church again. Okay. Unless it was for a wedding or something special occasionally on Christmas Day. But it it just did not resonate with me at that. And I don't know whether it was the way it was presented, not necessarily the the teachings, but just the way it was presented, that it didn't resonate with me. Um, that, and after school, you, you, you studied architecture, am I correct? Yes, correct, yeah. At, at UCT? Yeah, I studied at UCT for six years. Um, and I, I, also, I was in the Navy first. I finished school and I did two years national service in the Navy and then I went to UCT and studied there for six years. And so why, why did you do your military service first instead of studying first? What was the reason? I think when I finished school I wasn't 100% sure of what I wanted to do. So the, the, the kids of today are very fortunate and they can go for these gap years where they go travel overseas. Well, my gap year was spent in the Navy. <laughs> yeah, we were, we, we were so lucky to have government-sponsored gap years, gap years weren't we? <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I mean, we even got, what, 127 bucks a month or something like that. Unfortunately. <laughs> but board and lodging included. <laughs> yes, well, I was very fortunate. I got the luxury edition because I was in the Navy so I get time to spend on the sea and go fishing and diving and yeah it was really it was really great I actually enjoyed it awesome. I didn't know what it stood for but the actual physical activities in that I was on a sea rescue for a while which okay. really nice. 
How old are you now? I'm 62 now. As we said about two weeks ago. Oh my God! Congratulations! I, I thought of you as much younger. I thought of you as 56, somewhere around there. Oh, well, thank you very much. I can assure you that when I get into the water, I feel like 62. <laughs> yeah, but, you, but you're probably comparing yourself to your 21-year-old son or your 22-year-old son. Uh, no, no. Then you're uh, going to def definitely feel your age. <laughs> yes, I definitely feel my age then. So, Ronato, the one reason why I, I wanted you on Meet Me in the Field was when I got to know you, and you and you, you open your mouth to speak. There was always a, an amazing sense of I don't know what to call it. It was it was as as, as if this, as if you had, had an amazing wisdom in terms of of lifestyle, in terms of what we need to do to live a good life. So where does that come from? Um, Freddie, I was very fortunate to come across a teacher, a spiritual teacher, and um, I know you often talk about synchronicity. Well, I think it was a synchronous event, and he too said later on that when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I attended his teaching for quite some time and it really um, threw a completely different light on a lot of things for me, including religion. Um, and I got a far better understanding of what actually life is all about. Um, I think we can go into life and just be um, overwhelmed by all the niceties and all the fun things to do and just completely overlook some of the real um, blessings that we have out there that are not related to money or prestige or, or anything but are absolute free blessings from the universe and no one had really identified that or shown me that before and I think that, that opened my eyes and once I could start seeing those things the more the more I would see okay and I have to admit that it, it does take a bit of Practice is a very difficult word to say, but, but there is a certain amount of conscious awareness that needs to be around this, otherwise they will be missed. Yeah. Um, but I am slowly... Excuse me? Would you call that mindfulness? I would simply call it mindfulness and, and awareness. Uh, awareness of what's happening around oneself in the present moment. Yeah. I think that's another critical thing is um, it has to be, one has to be present in order to absorb or intuit into those um, 
those blessings and those events. Um, I, I know that when I was in recovery, I really got caught up in my mind terribly. And I, I, I do remember somebody saying that, you know, if you go into your mind, it's like going into a ghetto and you can get mugged in there. And many times I got mugged by going into my mind. And I, I've also suffered some severe bouts of depression. Um, I think you were quite aware of that. Yeah. Terrible, terrible depression for, for months on end. Mm. And um, whether it was clinical depression or whatever, but I, I did take a medication for that. But I also believe that a lot of that had to do with me taking on board stuff that wasn't really mine and trying to resolve things and be responsible for stuff that I have absolutely no control over. And I think those start, that sort of putting me down. And I, uh, you know, one thing my teacher did say was that there's a certain amount of effort that we have to, as individuals, put in. And there's an amount of effort that God or the higher power or whatever that he puts in, or it or that puts in. So I have accepted that now, and it certainly has made life a lot easier in that I'm not alone. Um, I have help, and I don't have to ask for it. It's there. I know that it's there. I've just got to be aware that it's there. Yes. And now I can only do so much, and then the rest is up to the universe to take care of and whichever way it turns out is exactly the right way it should be and that's the other thing I think I used to fight is when things didn't go my way or the way I thought they should go and then everything was wrong instead nowadays I've begun to accept that nothing necessarily looks or goes right now but when one looks back one can maybe acknowledge why something had to happen you know, I've been through a divorce and... Uh, I'm raising my hand. A lot of people got hurt because of that, um, and uh, including myself, my children and my ex-wife. But uh, I think out of that, I, I learned a lot about myself and about life in general and, and how I should move forward and how mindful I need to be and considerate of, of other people that are <laughs> in my sort of influence. Um, so, yeah, as, as much as that was a, um, a nasty experience, there is always something to learn of. There's always a little in every field of black, there's always that white pearl, um, and yeah, and vice <laughs> I actually had a dream the night before last night that my ex-husband tried to to kill me by stabbing my stabbing my knee in the heart with a pair of scissors. Um, it was it was so weird. I actually felt the scissors going through my chest into my my the cavity, and he missed the heart. So, and I don't know where it came from, but it was such a weird weird dream. Um, 
But there's a few things you mentioned that I want to get back to. The first one is that that whole story of if we go into our own minds, we, we, we move into a ghetto. When you said, um, um, yes, I can't remember the exact but, 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 if you go into that ghetto. So yeah, stay out of I sometimes feel as if I get hijacked in that ghetto, as, if, as if, if, if I'm not, if I'm not aware, if I'm not mindful, if I'm not present, then I can actually come by five minutes later and wonder where the hell was I. I'm one of those people that can get to my car here and arrive at my destination and not remember my journey at all. Well, that raises the question of do the eyes see? It's a very, very critical question there because you can be watching a TV program and then your mind drifts onto some other issue. You're looking at the TV and then you wonder, did it or didn't happen? Yeah. Because the mind, uh, the, the eyes only see because they've got to be blessed by the mind. So if the mind is preoccupied, the eyes actually don't see. They don't register. Okay. I like that, yeah. Very interesting. So, yeah. another question for you, now that we're on the philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> I, had, I had this conversation with a client yesterday, and it was, and I've often thought about it, but yesterday we, we kind of really went there. So, so let, let, let's see if, 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 if you, that I consider a wise person in these type of things, can guide me. You know how, they, how people say that I need to fight myself? I yes. need to find out who I am. Yes. And the question that, that I raise with myself a lot these days is I struggle to find the difference between who I am and what I am. If, I, I believe if you ask 95% of people in the world, who are you? They will say that I am uh, I'm a 52-year-old white male and I work as a counselor, and I'm a counselor, and those are all whites. That that's that's not the point. That's name and form. That's your label, what you are, and the form that you take. Yes. Um, so so, so what's the who then? I think the who is probably the essence. Ah. Because there's two. There's the ego self. Yeah. And there's the self with a capital letter. Okay, take me through this. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and the one that you're actually looking for is the, the capital S, the self that's the capital S, which is that which is in everybody and everything. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so what will be an appropriate answer for, for who am I? This is why we need visuals um, for the for, for the listeners. Roland has now got a frown on his face and he stared out the window. <laughs> Who am I? Okay, that's an interesting one. No, actually, I can't do it because you need visuals to do it. And if I if I if I do it just by speaking, it's not going to have the same impact. So I'm not going to do it. But there's obviously something deeper in oneself than 
just the form that we take and the names we call ourselves and what we own and where we live. Yeah. Um, those are all the surface things and have to do with that surface pile, the ego, as uh, many people put it. But somewhere deep within our heart, once we uncover or we peel back the onion of, of all those layers of stuff or um, uh, you know, once we once we remove all of that, the, that little inner light in there is really who we are. Um, there was quite an interesting description as you know this interesting description. If one imagines a, a completely white room, um, and then you have this vase in the middle with a light in it, and onto that vase, what places transparencies of your cars, your, where you live, etc. And and one, one completes this thing until, and then it reflects on the walls. It's like a slideshow of who I am. And what one really needs to do is peel off all these transparencies of who I think I am, and then I get down to the pure light in the middle, and that's who I am. Okay. I suppose the consciousness. Yeah. So, what I'm ultimately hearing from you is that it, it, it sounds as if what, what I'm taking from this conversation is that the who is, 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 is such a essence that it's actually really difficult to, to define. It's a stripping away of, of, of all the layers of, of what, leaving, leave, leaving the, 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 the energy of... of the of, leaves the essence, the essence of who I am yeah. in the world, once all of that has been removed. Yeah. Once all the masks are off and all the extravagance and ego yeah. things and... You, you as an architect, I reckon you, you function on the level of the what on a daily basis because people want pretty, people want you to, to define in, 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 in something um, 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 tangible who they are. Am I correct? Yes, I mean, we obviously, we, we create buildings and I, I suppose the, the essence of the building would be what it accommodates, the, the, the function of the building and then, you know, on the outside there's the materials, the colours and even maybe the style depending on which area this thing is in yeah. um, and, and that's all possibly could be the superfluous ego stuff where the actual function of the building is the essence of, of what it should be doing. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of, a lot of did you say, form follows function. I think that was Frank Lloyd Wright or something. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily do that now. Do you, why do I think of you as an artist as well? Uh, Freddie, I think if I had the choice, when I left school, I would have gone to Michaelis instead of uh, architecture school. Uh, ah. but my dad, my dad wouldn't allow that. 
You wouldn't yeah, you didn't you did you did get something behind your name, something proper. <laughs> yes, you must have a real job. Yeah. Uh, artist <laughs> is not a real job, that's just a layabout excuse for a job. And he said, well, besides that, you can become an architect and you can still paint and do whatever you want to do with sculpt. Um, I, I think that that very soon I'm going to be sort of moving more in that direction. I'm, I'm kind of, I wouldn't say I'm tired of architecture, but it's, it's getting really tough and um, I need to find some alternative channels so that might be um, and I've got to look at others as well. But I really do enjoy it. I, I, I get completely into it and absorbed in it and yeah. So you paint your spare time? I paint and I do a bit of sculpture. So I've done some clay work and some uh, timber carvings. Wow! Anything. I'm, I'm kind of like just generally any anything creative. I'm yeah. quite happy. I hand it. Okay. And is is that? Is that creating part of, of a spiritual process for you? I, I think, I've never thought of it that way, but I do think that it is a type of meditation where um, the mind is focused on on a single aspect of the whole body-mind is focused on this this thing and this thing that one's creating to, to such an extent sometimes that time disappears. I've often felt when I've been so absorbed in something that I've no idea how many hours I've been sitting doing this thing and I get surprised when I look at my watch yeah. and, and that level of um, focus I find quite spiritual is that one can and clear your my mind of, of all the other stuff and just be focused on one on what is in front of me. Absolutely being present in that moment with what you're doing. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I need something like that. <laughs> Listen, Roland, um, something else that again yesterday a conversation that, that, that came up that I'd like to, 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 to get your opinion on, and that is we, we we raised the topic of ego and um, in the, uh, I always find it weird when, I, when, when what comes up for me is that my higher power can help if I allow it to and that, that, that word allow is, is such a such an ego word <laughs> it, 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 it implicates or it, it implies it implies that that I am still the, the, the full modus of control so how do, how do I or how do you um, step out of that ego and, and let your higher power just do and, and how do you just, just accept yeah. I hear what you're saying and I think that question of allow is just something that we think we think we allow, we think we have control. We have absolutely no control over anything. It's nice to think we have. So whether I allow or not, it's going to happen anyway. <laughs> that's part of the dream that we live in. It's the seed reality that we create. And we think we allow it to come in and 
go up when we deem it necessary. Well, it's always there. It's just covered up, that's all. And yeah, I, I just think it's when you don't really predispose yourself to it. I, I think there's only benefit from being more aware or open to receiving or understanding those messages from, from the universe. Um, and uh, if we don't allow that energy to come inside us, well, the only one who's not going to benefit by that is us. Very true. Um, and it was quite strange just talking about this energy, and this is not something I've read or heard or anything, it just came to me that, um, you know, why do we feel so comfortable and and collected and serene when we're in nature, walking in nature, walking in the park or forest. I'm just wondering whether it's just all the um, positive energy as opposed to all the uneasy energy that we get when we're when we're with people and people with problems and and and, and all this heaviness that's around us. And then we go out there and there's this energy that's absolutely pristine and that just makes them feel so much lighter and almost and, and for me I think that's a way I can visualize it the, the, the thing that suddenly came up for me is, is when you started talking I, my head went okay so why is that the case and suddenly what, what dropped for me was nature expects nothing of me yes in there, I can truly just be. Well, in real life, I can't just be. I, I always feel that's an expectation. Yes, I think you're absolutely right. You know, when, when one is in this other realm, there's this expectations and am I dressed correctly? Have I got the right card? Do I look right? Uh, whereas when I'm in nature, there's, not, there's no one to impress. There's nothing but just the peace that comes out of it. And yeah. it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful whiteness. Yeah, I heard such a beautiful thing last night. Is um, I had a group last night, and one of the ladies said that um, she read something about how to how to communicate effectively with an um, introvert. Three steps: number one, identify the introvert. Number two, walk up to the introvert and smile. Number three, turn around and leave. <laughs> and and what made me think of that was was it's nearly like nature. The introvert prefers that you don't engage. And I think uh, that that's how I feel in nature. Is, is that nature just prefers me to be and to not really engage, to, to, to just absorb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, think so. I mean, I, I think I used to, used to be an introvert. I still think I am to some degree. And the the kind of non-verbal communication is probably sometimes better for an introvert because there's a feeling that comes through. That's why a smile is a good thing. There's a certain warmth emanating from a smile yeah. which can move in, into you into a person and it kind of warms you up and you generally smile back and I think then the, the sort of walls start crumbling down for an introvert. I think the introvert is afraid of just this barrage of 
oral stuff that comes down and can I handle it or can I answer it or can't I? That expectation of, of what is expected of them now. We can wrap up now by two questions which you can answer in one go. What are your spiritual practices at the moment and, and, and what do you believe is this higher power? What, 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 what is God for you? Um, my spiritual practices um, is meditation. It is walking around in nature um, without focusing too closely on individual things, but rather trying to absorb the whole. Um, and my description of higher power is almost impossible as we've um, it's not something that can be conceived and by our limited brain capacity and it's all encompassing it, it's part of everything um, everything that exists around yeah. is God is the higher power it has its energy a lot of people used to say and, and also the idea of this help me understand it is that it's in, in all the empty spaces so between the molecules and the atoms there's empty spaces and the God or that or the higher power resides in those empty spaces maybe yeah. energy whatever but it, it is the the life force the chi yeah. that sits in there chi I like that and what I'm also hearing from you it's nearly as if what you're saying is the minute you're going to try and define what it is, then you're going to limit it. Yeah, as soon as you try and define it, you limit it. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Awesome. Cool. Rocky, right. thank you so much. I thoroughly enjoyed this. I'm so glad that we eventually got to do this. So, yes, thank you, Peter. Thank you for your patience. And you must enjoy your Friday. I hope there's still some waves for you to go and catch when you leave work. And um, have a good weekend. Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Thanks, man. Ciao. Thank you, Bye. So, now we know. It seems as if Roland's secret to peace and serenity is a spiritual guide and regular spiritual practices. What did not come up in this conversation is that, as far as I know, Roland still attends spiritual groups on a regular basis. I'm really happy to have had Roland on Meet Me in the Field and thank him for sharing his secret with us. I again apologize for the sound quality and hope to have it sorted out soon. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at either Meet Me in the Field or Freddy Counselor, or on Twitter at at Freddy, or Instagram at Freddy Counselor. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Thank you for listening. Be safe. Bye.